Hi, and welcome to the Pink Elephant Podcast. This month, I had the pleasure of chatting with a friend of mine who to me is an exceptional example of stewarding the gift of prophecy. I met Carissa through a previous church, through the small groups ministry, and I quickly discovered that Carissa is wise, thoughtful, patient, and very passionate about scripture and prophecy. She was the editor of the Indulge Christian Women's Magazine, a magazine that she spearheaded to help women experience wholeness through their faith, soul, body, and spirit. Her writing and teaching has led her to complete a master's in biblical studies, which to me just adds to an already deep understanding of God. I have asked her to share with us this month about the prophetic, a topic that she is able to speak to so well with the hopes that for some of you, you may be encouraged to start your own journey in the prophetic, but also to help those of you who have avoided the topic because of unfortunate experiences. You can hear more of Carissa on her own podcast, Abiding Matters with Carissa, and she has plenty of resources that you can access from her website, abidingmatters.com.au. I hope this episode takes you deeper in your faith and belief in Jesus. All right. Well, welcome, Carissa. So good to have you on the show and um, been so excited to have you on here. And I know you just got so much stuff to share and yeah, welcome. Thanks, Mel. It's so great to be able to share this time with you and um, be able to share with your listeners too. I'm really looking forward to talk about uh, all things prophetic with you. Yeah, awesome. Um, Look, I know you very well, but I would love it if you could tell uh, our listeners a little bit about yourself and just your own journey in the prophetic. Yeah, sure. Well, look, I was, um, my family was saved when I was about seven. So we grew up in a Pentecostal church. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was an AOG church at that time. That's what they were called. And it was during a time where the church was experiencing um, a lot of movement of the Holy Spirit. So it was not uncommon to go to church and have altar calls where people will go out the front and people would be, you know, um, prayed for and speaking in tongues and um, uh, being what we call slain in the spirit. So someone would mm. pray for you and you sort of go out under the power of the Holy Spirit for a few moments or however long <laughs> it took. <laughs> and uh, and pro- the prophetic culture was quite strong. So often, you know, somebody would during worship bring a prophetic word or the pastor would have a prophetic word. So I grew up observing this culture and immersed in this sort of a spirit-led culture in when I was young. And I, I think I just always thought church would always be like that. But, um, you know, it's, it's interesting. God's taken us on a journey of shifting around a lot when I was growing mm-hmm. up. And so I got to experience lots of different churches. We spent a couple of years in a traditional Anglican church when I was a teenager. Uh, when I met my husband, he wasn't um, a strong Christian. He'd grown up in a, a fairly traditional church but had gone away in his teenage years. And um, mm. so we sort of had to meet in the middle. We went to sort of a Baptist church for a while, for a few <laughs> years. So I've had a, a varied experience of church life and I've seen lots of churches, which has been really good for me not to mm. sort of uh, pigeonhole church and, and yes. to to not say that everybody's faith or belief has to be the same because Mm. it it clearly doesn't. So, yeah, so that was sort of my upbringing and my experience with the church, with Mm. the prophetic. Um, My mum is prophetic and so Mm. we grew up with quite often her having words for us and and my dad does um, pray and 
speak prophetic words to. But mum has quite a strong gift on her life. And so I grew up with her. I think, though, that sort of led me to be a bit lazy with my relationship <laughs> with God. <laughs> and anytime I wanted anything from God, I'd just go to mum and get her to pray about it. <laughs> she just told me what to do. So, um, so that was, you know, sort of us. But um, in, in my 20s, I had an experience. I actually left school and I uh, felt a bit lost about what to do with my life. I sort of had a strong plan for my life. And then as I got into senior school, I sort of just lost it all. I lost all my vision for life and I mm. went to work and I, you know, I actually ended up just losing any sense of joy in life. And I guess you would call that depression. Mm. And we have a, a history of mental illness in my family. So I think that um, while it, it could have been depression, um, I think in part it was probably God stirring me up for more mm. and not wanting me to just settle for what what I was doing at the time. And that was probably trying to live my life my way. Um, I'd sort of, you know, sort of felt a bit over the church thing. And, you know, as we do, you know, we see things happen in church and we think, well, you know, that's really not ideal, is it? So (laughs) we get a bit wounded or we get a bit lost. And, um, but I felt God really well, I didn't know it was God at the time. I really felt this loss of understanding and purpose in life. And so I went to church one night and um, I said to God in the worship, you know, I went with my mom and I said to God in the worship, surely there has to be more to life than this. You know, I just, if this is life, mm. I, <laughs> I want out. It's just <laughs> like killing me. Mm. I just, you know, I had no purpose, no plan. I wasn't happy at work. Church felt bland. I just, you know, wasn't happy. And just as I was sort of wrestling with myself, the pastor at the time stepped forward and he said, oh, I have a prophetic word for someone. And there's someone here and they're saying, surely there is more to life than this. Oh, (laughs) wow. I just about could have fallen over in my (laughs) spot. And I thought, is he talking to me? Like, surely not. Anyway, as the service moved on, he preached and everything. And then at the end, he goes, "Um, I'm going to open up an altar call and if you want prayer, come out. And I thought, well, I might as well go out the front. Nothing else is working for me. <laughs> so I started to walk down the aisle. And before I'd even got to the front, he came and met me in the aisle and said to me, that prophetic word before was for you. And I like just burst into tears. Mm. And I and he just began to prophesy purpose into my life. Mm. And it was exactly what I needed. It was exactly what was missing from my life. And it was the first time that I really realised that God saw me. Yes. And, you know, I think that was the problem. I'd grown up in this church and observed all these things happening to other people but never really felt like it was for me, never mm. felt like it was personal. Yeah. And so, you know, I think the prophetic has to begin in that place of it being something personal. Mm. It's about us personally connecting with God and it's about allowing him to implant something deep within us. Mm. And this is what a genuine prophetic word does for us. It deposits something of the Holy Spirit in us. Mm. Now, that 
prophetic word, even though I can't even remember exactly what he said, mm. um, I that has held me on course for 30 odd years. Yeah, wow. And so that's a true prophetic word. Yes. And that's, you know, that's what I love about the prophetic mm. for all its um, discussion and whether it's right or wrong, whether the Holy Spirit still moves or whatever, mm. my personal experience is that when it's right, it's right. Yes. And you can't, you can't really deny that. Oh, gosh, I love stories like that. When you, you're so right, right, like you have moments in your own faith where it cannot be anything but a God set up. Like, mm. you know, how did he know? How That's the prophetic, right? Like I just think yeah. it's so exciting and cool mm. that God reminds us that we are individually valuable to him and he sees yeah. our own you know, our specific journey and we're not lost to him, you know, like it's just really cool, right? Um, So, look, I realise that the listeners to this podcast come from very varied kind of traditions and so I think it would be great if you could just give us like a little bit of a baseline um, understanding, which I know is actually quite a big ask, about (laughs) describing what is even prophecy, what is the prophetic, what, what is it? Yeah, no, it's a great question. Um, so the, so the word prophet in the Bible, um, is the Hebrew word Navi, and it's one who is called to speak on behalf of another. So prophets, when we think about them biblically, they are people who were given a word of utterance from God to speak to other people. Uh, and generally there's two aspects of the prophetic that we see is that there's um, foretelling and there's future telling. So there's sometimes a word that comes that is a predictor of the future. And I tend to think most of these are sovereign words. So they're words that can't be revoked. They're words Mm. that um, will come to pass no matter what humanity does. And so we can see these sort of prophetic words like in the book of Isaiah, where Isaiah prophesies and speaks about the suffering servant and Mm. what's going to happen and then we see Jesus come. And so there was nothing that was ever going to stop that. That was always going to be, that's God's plan and it is sovereign and it will come to pass. And so they're, they're those ones. There's also prophetic, a part of the prophetic is the foretelling. And these are the really cool parts, not that the other isn't, the other's pretty cool too. <laughs> yeah. But this is the part where God deposits like a seed in us. And it, when we nurture that seed and we grow it, um, we see something come to pass. And so these are, this is where we get to partner with God and being creative. Mm. And that's one of the things I love about the prophetic is that God speaks to us. And, you know, God can speak to us in lots of different forms. So the prophetic isn't just that still small voice that we read about in Kings with Elijah. Mm. It's also things like dreams. It's Mm. just a simple thought that interrupts your thinking and you go, wasn't thinking that at all but Mm. that actually makes sense you know it can be that simple and you know there's such variety in the way that God speaks to his people he's always speaking to us Mm. it's up to us really just to listen and receive Mm. and that can be where it gets a bit tricky at times I think in the interpretation part and we can talk about that a little bit more as we go Mm. but for me you know the foretelling is a beautiful part where God um, drops something into our spirit either through a dream through somebody else's words through our own thoughts uh, through a visual something that we receive and that that he is um, he is giving us a purpose he is showing us value he is he is building up 
uh, his people in some way and giving mm. them direction. Mm. And, you know, Job 22, 28 talks about when we declare a thing, it is established. Yeah. And so when we have these moments of prophecy, what we get to do is partner with that to establish God's will in mm. our lives and in other people's lives. Mm. And that's, you know, that's what prophecy is to me. Yeah, right. That's awesome. So, look, um, you know, like traditionally when you look in Scripture, like a prophet or prophecy would come from one person, right? Um, mm. It seems to kind of change in the New Testament a little bit, like because we can sort of tell by how, you know, Paul is describing in Corinthians and all the rest of it that there's some other mm. kind of behaviours that were going on around prophecy then. But I guess like the question that I think many Christians want to know is, is it possible for every person to be prophetic? Like is prophetic and prophecy something for every Christian? Yeah, look, absolutely. I believe it is. You know, even Moses said in the Old Testament, you know, that that his heart would be that everybody would prophesy, that mm. everybody would experience it. And, that, and that's Moses in the Old Testament. Mm. And then we move to the New Testament and we see, you know, Paul teaching us about the gifts and the, the gifts are there and available for all who believe. Mm. So it, it's not just for a certain particular uh, person or a hierarchy or a, somebody with a title. It's actually, you know, prophecy comes out of friendship with God. Mm. It's hearing his heart. So the only thing you need to be able to be prophetic is to lean into God and hear his heart. Yes. You just need to be a good listener is yes. really your only qualification. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, um, in uh, Romans 12, I love this scripture and Paul talks about um in verse 1 and 2, I'll read it out. It says, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Mm. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. So, you know, God really wants us to be a point of difference mm. and the prophetic helps us be a point of difference. Because we listen to God and we then take those, those whisperings, those strategies, those knowings, and we, we move through our world and we can change our world. You know, it doesn't mean we have to stand on a pulpit and go, thus says God. Yes. That's not what the prophetic has to be. Mm. And, in fact, I would say that there is a big shift happening in the church and in culture and in believers that it is more about, you know, um, it's more the roar of God is more about the multitude of the people listening yes. and hearing God's voice and instilling mm. the prophetic. Um, so, and when we do this, you know, Paul goes on to say in that passage that God brings the best out of us. He develops us well-formed um, in maturity. And mm. so, you know, learning to lean into God and surrender ourselves to God and listen to his voice each and every believer, you know, brings the best out in us. He mm. knows us better than we know ourselves. And so the prophetic is absolutely for everyone. It's for all of God's children to operate in. It's a gift of the mm. Holy Spirit. Mm. And he, he dwells within us. We know that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Um, and so he, he is there for us. Mm. So, I mean, in that light then, what, what would you say are the barriers to, uh, you know, believers' prophetic journey? Look, um, probably the two main barriers are, of course, I think the enemy. So the enemy doesn't want us because when we prophesy, we create. Mm. And we bring life and we affirm and we establish and we encourage and we strengthen. And so the enemy doesn't want that. 
And yes. so he will, as much as the Lord speaks to us and says release this word or shows us something, he will then, just like in the Garden of Eden, as you know, straight in with Eve, did God really say? Yes. So that voice that, you know, did God really say your voice matters? Did God really say that to you? Or are you just thinking that up? Yes. You know, that is probably one of our biggest oppositions is whose voice are we going to listen to? Very true. And this is where maturity comes into it really, isn't it? And like, it's like all things. When we're new at something, we've got to learn. We've got to learn to listen, we've got to learn to discern um, uh, what's happening and whose voice are we listening to, how mm. much real estate are we giving the enemy in our mind. Mm. So it's really important that we know, you know, how quickly to evict the enemy and not mm. allow him space in our in our thinking because mm. we have the mind of Christ. Yes. So our mind should be focused on the things of God. And the other really main barrier I think is our own self. It's just our own, we can be our own worst enemy. Mm. We can think we're not worthy. We can not believe that God um, wants to speak to us like me when I was younger. I was a bit mm. like observing everybody else and like, you know, mum's doing it, but it's not really me, not really sensing that individual love for me that God had until that mm. point in time. But yet he, you know, he, we are his children. And like any father, he loves his children and he wants to yeah. communicate with his children. Absolutely. And we have to trust in his love for us. And I think that's really important when it comes to this, mm. that God's not after perfection, mm. but he is after our hearts. And so mm. he wants us to know that he loves us and he wants to speak to us. And we have to just learn to re receive that and rest in that is mm. really important, I think. Yeah, look, I think sometimes it's so interesting, right? Like you see these like prophets that are well known, they we all call them prophets. And I love what you were talking about before about how there's this kind of maturation process as well, right? When it comes to the prophetic, uh, mm. because we don't always see all of the stuff that happened well before. I mean, I know for myself, like, you know, one of the most significant dreams I had, I totally screwed up in terms of how I. Um, yeah, I didn't think about whether it was an appropriate thing to be telling, you know, other people. And I just went and blurted it out to about five different people. <laughs> and then, you know, and because I was excited, I was just like, yeah. oh, this is amazing, right? Yeah. And then, like, when something happened, you know, everybody was like, uh-oh, like that dream Mel had. <laughs> It was true, but it was saying something completely different, right? So there right. is like this maturation process and we even mm -hmm. see it in the life of Joseph, right? Like, you know, as much as the Christian world loves the story of Joseph, like his, yeah. you know, one of his biggest errors is he has this dream where his brothers are like, you know, basically worshipping him or, or whatever yeah. or, or serving him and he just goes and tells them. Like you don't go tell the people who, who are going to be serving you, hey, you're going to be serving me. Like, you know, so there is this maturation process of course like with the prophetic um i i know that for a lot of people because uh, like i said we've got varied experiences with the prophetic uh with the people that listen to this show and um i know that for some people like one of the biggest issues on the topic of prophecy is the fact that they've had these really bad experiences. So, you know, I, I've heard a lot and I was surprised at first when I started to hear these kind of stories, but, you know, individuals saying that a prophet would come up to them and prophesy something and it was so, you know, detrimental to them. It, it was not, you know, wasn't good for their mental health. Um, sometimes, you know, those um, 
those prophecies like may have come from a place of judgment instead yep. of coming from a place of you know helping or you know thinking about the you know the love of for that individual so yep. i know that people come with baggage to the prophetic mm. Um, especially yeah. if you've been in church for a long time, right? And you've had all of that um, opportunity for those kind of things to happen. Um, I guess the question I have is like, how do we know if we can trust a prophet? Like, how do we? I mean, I don't even know sometimes if people ask that question, but clearly no. there is some uh, process for us as individuals to kind of go. How do you? How do you know? How do you know if you can trust someone, a prophet specifically? Yeah, I think it's like, how do you know you can trust anybody? Really, isn't it? You know, you have to you have to build relationship with people. And and that can be difficult in a church setting. If you don't know the people, you know, the minister says, well, let's have an altar call and everybody trumps out the front and then people just start prophesying over people who've never seen the person before. Mm. So, you know, that's really up to the vetting process of the leadership of the church. They should be taking responsibility for the people that they're allowing to prophesy over True. people. Yes. And that becomes problematic when the leaders have a problem. And they start to prophesy over people themselves and mm. they don't have their heart right. The, the prophetic is filtered through our heart. And so we have to acknowledge that and we have to take responsibility for that as believers. Mm. Uh, and that means that we should be trained in it. So, you know, for me, I have done several prophetic courses. And in, in particular, I did one that lasted almost a year. Mm. And for the first three months of that course, we don't prophesy at all. We work mm. on our heart. Yes. And it's the best course I've ever done for that mm. reason because it really did show me the importance of the prophetic yes. and the importance of the heart in the prophetic believer. Mm. And I can tell you I prophesy a lot different now to what, yeah, I, right. what I used to. How interesting. So, and I think a lot of prophetic people are strong people because you have to have a certain level of strength to be able to step out and make those calls. Mm. You know, you're you're stepping out and making a call based on a whispering or a knowing or a, mm. a vision that doesn't make a lot of sense to other people. So mm. there's a strength of character that needs to come to be able to yeah. have that have that confidence to do that. And you um, can also, uh, I mean, I know that we probably both have had this experience. You you also aren't always popular for having had. Yeah a prophetic vision, dream, whatever, right? So yeah, that's right. having the confidence to recognise that it's not always going to be received the way you because we do, that's what we think is going to happen. Like we like yeah. prophesy something and then we think, oh, yeah, wow, we've got like God's shown us the solution to this thing and then mm. all of a sudden you come against walls. And, yeah. um, and, and the truth is like if you look at scripture, that happened often for prophets most yeah. of the time they were being rejected for what they were saying um, that God had revealed to them. So, sorry, I interrupted. Keep going. <laughs> no, 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 that's uh, that's a great point. I think that the prophets are ahead of the curve. Mm. Like that is, you are f future speakers. So you're, God is showing you things that are not yet come to pass. Yes. And so, and you know, so that can be hard for people to hear. And sometimes mm. they'll need to hear it 10 times before they'll suddenly go, oh, Maybe God's saying something yes, here. Yes, yes. And, you know, so there's like 10 of us have like gone by the wayside in the meantime, you mm. know. So I think that's that's very true. Look, I, and so I, I think that when it comes to trusting the prophetic and trusting 
uh, somebody we identify as a prophet, which, mm. you know, really to have that title as a prophet, I'm not big on titles. Mm. I tend to think that, and maybe that's an Australian cultural thing, yeah. um, that we have like a low power gap. So we don't, mm. we don't, we're very skeptical of leaders. Um, <laughs> but we, we, you know, like, you know, in the moment they're hypocritical, we're like, out to go. Yes. Um, the, um, I think the, the thing is with this um, that we have to be discerning. Mm. So, you know, it's like any gift it grows and, like, it's like any skill that you develop, you're going to do things wrong at times. Yes. I think we can all say we have done things wrong at times like, mm. and we would, be, we would be lying if we said we were perfect all the time, we got everything right. Mm. You know, it is, there is a dependence on God. And so uh, the moment we stop depending on God and we stop walking in, so for the prophetic person, we really need to be walking in the fear of the Lord. Yes. Uh, we are speaking on his behalf. And so there needs to be a reverence about that. Mm. And we're speaking on his behalf to other people, to his people, to his mm. creation. And if we don't value them like he mm. values them, we're not doing the right thing. Yes. And so the prophetic has to come with a heart that values people. Yes. And so, you know, I can have people that have really ticked me off or really hurt me, but when I go to prophesy, all I feel for them is God's love. Mm. So, you know, that I immediately just get overwhelmed with a sense of God's heart and they could in my eyes in that moment that I'm prophesying over them be the best thing since sliced bread. Yeah. But to me, apart from the Holy Spirit, I wouldn't want to have a bar of soap. I wouldn't want to, you know, mm. have anything to do with them. Yeah. So because I see them in their humanity, but yes. God sees them as his child. Mm. And that's the way we should approach the prophetic so if you're sitting under somebody who doesn't approach the prophetic that way I would take a big step back mm. because I really do think it's about the fruit that people are producing yes and so you know John tells us that we need to test our prophetic words mm. and so this is where you know the Holy Spirit gives us gifts and one of them is discernment Yes. So we need to be discerning about who we're listening to because we are all human mm. and we do all make mistakes and we've all either made the mistake or been on the receiving end of that. Yes. So yeah. um, I think it is once I'm just all about the fruit. So what's the fruit of that person's life? Can I see mm. maturity? Are they walking worthy of the calling, yes. you know, uh, that God has placed on their life? And it doesn't mean the calling's not there, but maybe they just need a bit more maturity in it. So we're just mm. going to be a bit wise about it. I also just find with, the, with prophetic words that often it's a confirmation to me. Mm. So God is speaking to me and then a prophet will bring a word forth and I will either connect with it or I won't. Mm. Yes, I can see in that word that is what God is speaking to me at this moment. There is a mm. confirmation. There is a connection there. Yeah. If there's no connection, it's not for me. Yeah. We only see in part. No one person has all of the message for all of the people all yes, of the time. Yes, very true, very true. We speak in part. And so mm. we've got to be discerning about which part we're listening to and which part we're speaking about. So Yes, yeah. Look, you touched on such a great topic, right? I actually think um, not talked about enough at a pulpit level, which is discernment. But mm. could you walk us through like what you do when someone gives you a prophetic word? Like what is the yep. process you undertake to discern 
how that, you know, whether it applies to your life, whether God was really speaking through you. Because I just think that example might really help some people understand like how they also can discern, but to also somewhat uh, guard their heart when Mm. maybe a prophetic word is not really right for them. Yeah, I think that there's been um, a bit of a culture in church where if the pastor says it, it's gospel. Mm. And it's actually not. <laughs> so, yes. you know, people make mistakes and Absolutely. pastors are human. Mm. And, um, you know, I've seen some pastors do some awesome things and I've seen them do some not so awesome things. Yes. So I think we need to be discerning that just because somebody holds a title doesn't mm. mean that they're right all the time. That's right. And um, I think that um, what we need to do is just be really mindful of that. So if I, so for example, I was at a church which is, has a strong prophetic culture. I was just visiting. Mm. It wasn't my church, so they didn't know me at all. So I got called out the front by um, one of the leaders of the church <clears throat> and she began to prophesy over me. And so as she's speaking, I'm listening. So I'm just listening to what she's saying and I'm listening to my heart, my response and to mm. the Holy Spirit. Mm. So she starts to speak and, like, at the start with it's an image that she's describing to me, which I'm sort of like, eh, I don't really know. And so I'm weighing the word as she's speaking it. And then Very as good. she went along, there you can sort of sense a flow starts to come. So sometimes God will, like, drop a beginning in. Like it's a, you pick up a bit of a thread. And you'll start to go with the thread. And what I find is that when somebody's flowing in the spirit, then you can sense when the flow picks up. Mm. So so she started to pick up the word then. And so then she started to describe this situation, which was accurate. So there was accuracy in her word for me because I could connect to it. There was confirmation Mm. with what we had been through. And there's no way she could know that. So with the true prophetic, there is a connection that begins to happen with the Holy Spirit. So either somebody will um, have some sort of word of knowledge, something that that there's no way they could have known. Um, And that's, you know, God connecting with you. So it's not the person, but it's Mm. God connecting with you then. And um, so then I began to listen deeper then because there was connection that had been formed between the word and me. Mm. So, um, and so then she went on. And so then I went from that word and I took it as an invitation to go deeper with God. And Mm. I think that's really important. So you, if you don't feel a connection with it, if you, you only feel, if you don't feel life on it, you don't feel encouragement on it. And even if it's a word of warning, you know, sometimes God does pull us up through yes. other people mm. um, and and we can sometimes feel like we're being judged. I think we have to be, and this is where discernment comes in, if you're walking away feeling condemned or fearful, mm. um, it's, not, it's not accurate. There's something wrong. Mm. So, for example, I know a girl who, um, and look, I think she is prophetic, but she's very fear-driven. And mm. so every time she brings a word, there's an element of truth in it, mm. but it's always negative. And right. so I'm very mindful of her. So I sort of go digging with what she says because I think there's something in there, yes. but I'm really mindful that she filters it through her own fearful worldview. Right, yes. And so I think that's where maturity and discernment comes in. It's not mm. writing the person off. But it is saying, okay, God, is there something in there 
that is accurate for me, mm. um, even though maybe it's been, you know, delivered in a way that isn't bringing life. Mm. So I think it is. So if you are not used to the prophetic, um, I would just stick to the words that are affirming and encouraging. If you're a bit more discerning, then you can sort of be a bit more open to other people's um, other people's ways of delivering words, you know. Mm-hmm. I think if you're concerned, though, you should talk to church leadership. So yeah. I think you, you feel like there's somebody in the church that's operating and they are constantly delivering words where the fruit of it is fear or condemnation yes. or judgment, that there's an issue with their heart and yes. that probably needs to be dealt with. So, yes, yeah. Um, but for me, it's always an invitation to go deeper with God. And that's mm. the same with a dream or a prophetic word or anything else. I think any encounter we have with God is an invitation to take that and go deeper with him in our personal mm. walk. Mm. Yeah. Look, I know for a lot of uh, Christians who maybe have not have, have had a huge experience with prophetic, often mm. their questions are about the difference between how prophecy like happened in the Old Testament versus yeah. the way it happens now, right? So for starters, um, the fact that a lot of prophecy in the Old Testament was very like future-oriented, so it was like talking about things to come. And so mm. obviously you have, you know, words of knowledge and things like that that happen these days that aren't necessarily talking about the future, but it's just like uh, sort of showing um, a situation right now like and, and how you can deal with that now, which is also still amazing and relevant that that happens. But the challenge for, for people is like how do we account for the difference between, yeah, it looks like it's changed. Is that like, I mean, is that true or like what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think we need to remember that the Bible was written over thousands of years by many different people Mm. in many different contexts. And so we always read the Bible in context is really important. So the Old Testament prophecy um, is different because it was aimed at specific words to a specific people where God was continuously trying to bring them back to his heart and Mm. trying to teach them how to walk in relationship with him. And so he was speaking to Israel through his people. And um, it often was words of warning. But with Old Testament prophecy, um, and I think people who still go with that mindset about the prophetic, they miss the fact that Old Testament prophecy always ended with redemption because God's a God of redemption. And so every Old Testament prophecy that you will read, you will find that if you read it to completion, that Mm. there's always God's heart in the end of it always he's bringing them home that's Mm. all he ever wanted to do was bring them home back to relationship with him Mm. and so even if we focus on old testament prophecy if we miss that part of god's heart in it we've missed what it was about Mm. so it's not just about um you know, it's not just about pulling people up and judging people and yes. that sort of thing, but it's about God's heart and returning God's heart. That's why God speaks to us because he mm. wants us to be in relationship with him and draw close to him. Yeah. So, you know, there's definitely a, a shift because now in the New Testament we know Jesus came. And so, and not only did Jesus come, but then the Holy Spirit came as well. Mm. And so we now have the Holy Spirit indwelling us. And that's why everybody can prophesy now because we are the temples of the Holy Spirit. So we're simply hearing him and speaking what he's saying to us. Mm. So, you know, Paul teaches us that prophecy in the new congregation, in the New Testament, should be for edification of the body. And that's what it should be. And that doesn't mean that we don't get pulled up. God does pull us up at times. Yes. 
does teach us. That is part of teaching. Mm. And, you know, our life needs to be one as Christians, surrender. You know, we choose to not put any other idols before God. Mm. And so learning to prophesy, learning to listen to God and to speak his words is part of our surrender, is part of our giving over to him. Mm. And um, so, you know, because we're in the New Testament, because we're after Jesus has come and died on the cross for us and risen and ascended and the Holy Spirit has come to indwell us, you know, the purpose of prophecy is is changed from what it was recorded mm. in the Old Testament. It's yes. different now because we're in a different time. Mm. And like in in a way, I ask this question because I know that for a lot of people, that um, is actually the barrier for them to continue to progress into this prophetic journey of their own. And yet, mm. you know, like I remember. I mean, I'm sure you probably can quote it, but I I vaguely recall this verse in in Corinthians where you know Paul actually says, "Pursue it." like to pursue the prophetic. So there is this suggestion that this is something that we're supposed to be actually Mm. wanting to have in in, as a flavour of our relationship with God, that we can hear him and that we can share what he says to us with others and, you know, in in his way, of course, but it's like uh, this idea of the prophetic is not just an optional kind of um, something on the side that's only for Pentecostal churches or only for people who are into that kind of stuff. The suggestion is, is that this is like, Actually, this is this. If you want a full relationship with God, and you know, obviously, the whole theme of this podcast is that there's something missing. Well, it could mm. be that we aren't pursuing those ways in which we learn to hear God speak directly to us, right? So, you know, it's so very interesting. I would love to hear what you think. Um, what you think is the missing part of prophecy when it comes to the body of Christ today? Like we sort of touched on it a little bit, but, you know, like what do you think is actually missing like when it comes to prophecy in the body of Christ today? I actually think it, it's more that what's missing is intimacy with God mm. and because prophecy just comes is a fruit of intimacy with God. Yes. And so I think that part of the problem with the church culture is that we have outsourced our relationship yes. with God. Mm. And I think that what we've done is we have um, appointed professional pastors and leaders and we have said, well, they do the praying during the week and then Mm. they speak to us on a Sunday. And so we don't need to do anything but show up and sit in a chair and and be fed by them. So, Mm. you know, but that's not what God wants. We are Mm. his sons and daughters. So he wants to have a relationship with us as much as he does with the pastors and leaders of the church. Mm. You know, it's great that they're there and they serve a role as the shepherds. So they are meant to be shepherds of the sheep. Mm. And so they that is what their role is. And that's the way they're described in the Bible, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament. And so when they start to move outside of that, we start to get problems. Yes. So I think that what what's missing is that we've outsourced our relationship with God to Mm. others instead of having a strong relationship, an intimate relationship with God ourselves. And this is part of then out of that flows the ability to move in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, Mm. to be able to hear the Holy Spirit, to be able to be led by the Holy Spirit. And it's really... um, it's really what we need most is just to have uh, a revival of our mm. um, 
of our own personal relationship with God mm. and, you know, that hierarchical structure that, you know, lots of us have been used to for many years needs to just be flattened a bit. Mm. So we need to be walking in a relationship with God where we acknowledge that we can hear God's voice, that yes. he wants to speak to us and that mm. we can speak encouragement to others and build each other up. Yeah. Well, it's crazy, isn't it, that we could still be struggling with this like this idea of intimacy with God when, you know, Jesus is like one of his like most famous messages is around abiding, which is actually mm. the name of your of your ministry, right? So, you know, like it's just crazy sometimes when you think that that is something we still miss the point on too, right? Yeah. Yes. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think we get busy. You know, we live in a very busy world and and probably one of the better things for us, even though we know that the pandemic has been really hard in lots of ways, it's actually made us lean back into God personally because mm. we've had to strip away some of those structures we've become really used to yes. and we've had to rethink our relationship with God. Mm. And so I think that, um, you know, there's been a disruption, which yes. has been, you know, something that, you know, God takes all things and turns them for good. Yes. And so even though sickness isn't part of um, his kingdom, mm. uh, he can certainly use the disruption and uh, that of the pandemic over the last few years to, to help to make us to start to think again, mm. to make us start to lean into him personally again mm. and not mm. rely on others. And I think, you know, when I think back to when I was growing up, I was so reliant on my mother for mm. a prophetic word and God had to take me on a journey of really unsettling me and disrupting me to bring me to a place of going, no, I want to speak to you personally. Yes. And, and, you know, that's the place where we all need to find ourselves at mm. is just learning to lean on his heart and hear his heart for us personally. Very true, very true. Look, um, we're sort of coming close to a close here, but I, I'm sort of putting you on the spot, but I'd love to hear like what you are sensing just from a prophetic a perspective uh, about, you know, where the body of Christ is right now and, you know, like let rip if you have some prophecy for <laughs> us right now. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think that I think it's varied. I, I think there's no one word at the moment. So I, um, I think that there is a lot of shifting happening right now. Probably the the couple of words that God has been speaking to me about this year is that this is a planning year. It's a building year. So, yeah. or not even necessarily building year, a planning year. Yes. So it's about it's about God is shifting and um, repositioning people, and He's asking them to come and spend time with Him, uh, listening to His plans. Like mm. he, he gave me a picture recently, and. Um, I was sort of drawing in the dirt and it was like I was planning something with a stick in the dirt like you do as a kid, you know, you draw yeah. in the dirt with a stick. <laughs> and so I could see I was intense and I was planning something and then all of a sudden, but I couldn't quite figure it out, and then all of a sudden Jesus was standing beside me and he all of a sudden started to direct me what to do. And so he was sort of showing me how to draw what we needed to plan and he was giving me the plans. Mm. And so, you know, I think that's a bit of a word for people this year is that if you're in sort of you feel like you're sort of in a transition or things have changed and you're not quite sure what to do next, mm. that this is a planning season, mm. that it's time to draw near to God and just to listen to what's on his heart. Let him direct your plans. 
um, so that you can begin to build when the time is right. Mm. So that's one thing I think. Um, definitely think that God is changing church structure. Yes. I think that there are big changes happening with um, how people uh, gather together. Yes. There is a stronger focus on smaller smaller groups, um, more better relationships, mm. um, gathering at the table, yes. more communal like New Testament. Mm. So I think that is something too that is probably happening. So, yeah. you know, I think we'll see some shifts away from the mega churches and things like that starting to happen, small mm. um, participation of the church. So, yeah. so that's a couple of things that I sort of sense is happening at the moment. Um, mm. Yeah. Is there any kind of last, you know, words that you want to share with the listeners around the prophecy, around prophecy and prophetic or anything like that? Yeah, I just encourage people to not be afraid. Mm. You know, God's a good God and he is really faithful to his people and he, he just wants your love. You know, yeah. he just, he's a good dad and he loves his children. And, you know, we don't need to make the prophetic into something scary and we don't need to make it into um into something to be afraid of you know we need to just simplify it i think yes. sometimes we make these things bigger and we get too theological about them mm. and you know we can have lots of discussion about you know speaking in tongues and the prophetic and you know all sorts of things and whether mm. we believe it still exists or whether it stopped at the time of the apostles or you know there's lots of great discussions but in, at the heart of it all God just wants your heart he just yes. wants you to sit at his feet you know one of my favorite people in the bible is when mary came in and sat at jesus's feet and anointed yeah. his feet with perfume mm. that that is that is the heart of prophecy Yes. That is yes. where it sits. It is sitting at his feet, totally surrendered, saying, not my will, but your will be done. Mm. You know, what do you want to say to me, God? Mm. You know, there's. we all just need to get a merry heart. It's mm. just, you know, that's where that's where our relationship with God really begins. And, and we need to keep that and hold on to that. That's an anchor for me when times are tough. Mm. So I think that that's really important. And um, I'd love to pray if that's yeah, all right. Yeah, absolutely. Okay? I'd love that. Or absolutely. Can we, can we, I'd love to pray for people who um, are feeling like uh, you don't have a purpose. Mm. I'd really love to pray for you and for people who have maybe been wounded or scared off by yes. things that have happened in the prophetic. You know, I think the enemy can really tie us in knots over those things and yes. uh, and where God wants to bring life to those situations. Mm. So I'd love to just pray for those two groups of people if that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Please do. Okay, great. So, Father, we just thank you for this time that we've had together to talk about um you, Holy Spirit, and what you bring, the gifts that you bring to our lives. Lord, I just thank you, Lord God, for each person who is listening to this podcast. Lord, I thank you that you have called them by name, that you see them and you know everything about them. Lord, we just thank you, Lord God, for each and every one of our brothers and sisters in Christ, no matter what church they belong to, no matter what they believe for God. Lord, you know them by heart. 
And, Lord, we just thank you, Lord, and I just pray for anybody, Lord God, who feels like they've lost their purpose and joy in life. Lord, I just pray that you would come right now, Holy Spirit, and you would deposit, Lord God, just a seed of life and joy into them, that they would be able to take, Lord God, what you have for them, Lord God, and you would help it to grow, Lord God, into a new purpose and a new way in their life. Lord, we speak joy and we speak peace and we speak your love over them. And, Lord, I also just pray for anybody, Lord, who has had a bad experience with the prophetic, Lord, that has felt judged or condemned or or um, being, felt like they've been cursed or anything, Lord. We just break that off in the name of Jesus. Lord, your word is truth. Your word is life. And so, Lord, I speak life and I speak truth over everybody listening to this podcast, that they will be blessed, Lord God, because Holy Spirit, you come to bless us. You come to pour out your goodness upon us. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, for each person. We thank you that you have sealed each and every one of us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Carissa, for being on the show with me today. And um, um, can you please tell the website, because you've got a, a bunch of different devotionals and things like that that you've written. So, you know, like if our listeners want to get to know you more, it'd be great for them to connect with you. Could you share us that website that you've got? Yeah, sure. It is abidingmatters.com.au. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks again for being on the show. And uh, again, listeners, if you want to connect, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook and we have websites. So jump on and connect. All righty. Thank you. Thanks, Mel. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Pink Elephant. You can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, or you can check out my resources on my website, meljsayward.com.